from our beginning of our time on this earth, God is preparing us for that assignment which he has called us to do. Yes, each of us have an assignment. Your assignment might be to be a mother. Your assignment might be to be a father. Your assignment might be to work in the church. But whatever you are called by God to do, your entire life has been teaching you to do that assignment. God has been working from the time you were put on this earth to teach you the characteristics that were going to work well for you in doing that to which God has assigned you. We'll use Moses as an example for a few minutes. All his life, God prepared Moses to lead his people. The call of God was on Moses even from his youth, long before Moses saw the burning bush. Moses was being prepared for what he would do later. First, at the time Moses was born, Pharaoh had ordered that all the male Hebrew children would be killed at the time of their birth. Pharaoh had instructed the midwives in Egypt, the Hebrew midwives, to kill the male babies as they were coming forth from the mother and to keep the female babies alive. The Hebrew midwives did not obey Pharaoh. And we even read that God honored these midwives by giving them their own families because they honored him above Pharaoh. When Moses was born, he was hidden for three months. When he could no longer be hidden, his mother and dad made an ark of bulrush and set him beside the river in the ark. And his sister was standing by to see what would happen. Pharaoh's daughter came at that exact moment and saw this object, and she went to see what was in it. And it was one of the Hebrew children. And she took him into her own house. None of this is accidental. All this is set up by God. Moses' sister, who was watching to see what would happen, saw Pharaoh's daughter take Moses, the baby, into the house. The sister went to Pharaoh's daughter and said, Do you want me to find a Hebrew woman to nurse him? And Pharaoh's daughter said, yes. So she took the baby to Moses' own mother, and he was nursed by Moses' own mother, and then brought to Pharaoh's daughter, where he was raised. For the next 40 years, he was raised in the house of Pharaoh. In Acts chapter 7, we see a testimony given by Stephen on this subject. Start at verse 20. In which time Moses was born and was exceeding fair and nourished up in his father's house 
three months. And when he was cast out, Pharaoh's daughter took him up and nourished him for her own son. And Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in words and deeds. We can see that raised in that environment of Pharaoh's house, he would know how to speak to Pharaoh at the time that God was later going to bring him in. He would have an advantage. I've often heard my own father say he never wanted me to be afraid of powerful men. And when I was three years old, my dad would take me into the local bank and take me in to visit with the president of the local bank. And I would sit on the table, the desk of the president of the local bank, and talk with him. That was the way my dad raised me, and it did give me an advantage to do the work that I have been called by God to do in speaking publicly and in writing. Not to be afraid of powerful men. Moses had that kind of advantage. Acts chapter 7 verse 23 And when Moses was full 40 years old, it came into his heart to visit his brethren, the children of Israel. And seeing one of them suffer wrong, he defended him and avenged him that was oppressed and smote the Egyptian. For Moses supposed his brethren would have understood how that God by his hand would deliver them, but they understood not. We see that Moses knew even then that he would be used by God to deliver the children of Israel. And the next day Moses showed himself unto them as they strove and would have set them at one again, saying, Sirs, ye are brethren, why do ye wrong one to another? But he that did his neighbor wrong thrust Moses away, saying, Who made thee a ruler and a judge over us? Wilt thou kill me as thou didst the Egyptian yesterday? Then Moses fled at this saying and was a stranger in the land of Midian, where he begat two sons. But it is God who made Moses a ruler and a judge over the children of Israel. It is God who had set all this up and prepared Moses. And then Moses was 40 years old when this happened, and he was in the wilderness, or in the land of Midian, for another 40 years, where he married and had two sons of his own, before God showed him the burning bush, before God sent him to Pharaoh. All of this was prepared. It's like you have heard some famous men like uh, Churchill say, I felt that I was prepared for this my entire life. Well, the same thing is true with you as being a mother, as being a wife, or with you as being a husband, 
and caring for your own household and living a godly life in front of your families. You've been prepared your whole life for this moment. I've been prepared my whole life for this moment. It is God who prepared us and made us accept it in the situation where we are at this point in time. And our strength is in God. It is so interesting because when God appears to Moses in the land of Midian and catches Moses' attention by the burning bush, and Moses turns to look at the burning bush to see why this bush is not consumed by the fire, God begins to speak to Moses to tell him he is ready to deliver his people from the Egyptians, and Moses is to go to Pharaoh as his spokesman. And God said to Moses in Exodus 3, verses 10 and 11, Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And Moses said unto God, Who am I? that I should go to Pharaoh. But he's been raised in the house of one of the Pharaohs. He is perfectly positioned by God to do this work, totally enabled by God. And even 40 years before God spoke to him out of the burning bush, even 40 years earlier, Moses knew he would be used to deliver the children of Israel from Egypt. When was the New Testament church begun? It was begun after Jesus was crucified and resurrected into heaven. Acts 13.48 And when the Gentiles heard this, They were glad and glorified the word of the Lord, and as many as were ordained to eternal life believed. We don't believe of ourselves. It's God who opens our eyes that we may believe. It is God who puts faith in our heart. Salvation is of God. We are all members of the body of Christ, but some are set in the church by God to do the work of the church. It is a call of God by the will of God and not by our own will that we are born again and put into the church to do specific work in the church. We believe because God enabled us to believe. Thus Paul explains in Romans 9, So then it is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. It's because of God that we are saved. It is because of God that he calls our attention to various things, causing us to believe, causing us to call out on to him, where others go their own way. Why is it that one person believes and another doesn't? It's because God opens our eyes to believe. It's not of ourselves. 
Paul says in Romans 9, verse 18, Therefore hath he mercy, hath God mercy, on whom he will have mercy, and whom he will he hardeneth. Humans want to praise humans. Therefore, they want to think they did this by their own will, but that's not true. Being born again is a gift from God. We are chosen by God. He is the one who causes it to happen, and only God can give us his spirit. And he does it in different ways. Pam Paget, a member of the body of Christ, a young man was had a motorcycle accident when she was a teenager, and that's the first time she had ever realized that someone her age could die. And when she realized that, she called on God. She knew somehow that the Catholic Church where she had been taken from childhood could not save her, and that the things she learned in the Catholic Church would not save her. Now, how did she know that? Her sisters didn't know that. Her mother didn't know that. All of them witnessed the situation where the young man was killed. They didn't see him killed, but they went through knowing that he was killed. And yet she's the only one that turned to God. That wasn't of herself. God used this situation to get her attention and to show her she could go to hell and could not be saved by the things that she was learning at the time in the Catholic Church that only God could save her. And she turned to him and asked him to save her. If there was any way possible for him to save her, to save her. After that, she realized there was something of God in her. But it was several years before she saw the scripture in 1 Corinthians 3.16 telling her that it was the Holy Spirit of God who dwelt in her. God chose to speak to me one night when I was reading a book in my bedroom. And God said to me by his spirit, it was a form of a thought. It was nothing where there was anybody visible. It was just the thought, the concept came to me. It was the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth speaking to me. And he said to me, Joan, you know these mistakes you've been making all these years? Those weren't mistakes. Those were sins. And I said, ah, sins? I thought they were mistakes. When he shows us our sins that way, we are saved. And we are instantly changed into another creature. Changed by God. Made into a new creation. Born again. By God, by His Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12, verses 27-28 Now ye are the body of Christ, and members in particular. And God hath set some in the church to care for the church. First apostles, 
secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. Pam Paget is put in the body of Christ in the gift of helps. Long before she ever knew she was to do this, she was helping other people. At one point, she moved to Colorado Springs from Oklahoma to help her grandmother. And then she bought a house after she started working at FedEx as a computer programmer. And her next-door neighbor was an older man. His wife died. And as he needed help later on in life, Pam was always there to help him. When he fell at his house, he would call Pam, and she would come help him. She helped with things around the house as long as he lived there. She visited him in assisted living and helped him there. When he needed help with his hearing aid, when he needed help with things, Pam helped him. She also helped one of her neighbors on the other side with her mother, and she would go take this woman with her when she went to Walmart just to help the woman get out. Her daughter was a teacher, and so she was gone a lot of the times. But Pam would take this woman different places just to help her get out of the house. I came along. When God showed me to do a blog, he gave me a dream to show me to do a blog. Pam Paget was a computer programmer, had just retired from FedEx. I called her immediately. She would have the technical experience to do this help that I needed done, to set up a blog. Within three days, we were publishing. Pam said she didn't know anything about setting up a blog. She just called on God and prayed and asked him how to do it. But she had the background that she could work in these technical areas. Later, when we did books on Amazon, these are self-published books, so we had to do all of the work for them to publish the book. Pam is the one who did all the technical work. Helps, gift of helps. And then later, when we did the podcast, the same thing was true. Pam is the one who does all of the blog and the podcast, the technical works, which enable you to hear the podcast and to read the writings on the blog. I don't know how to do those things. Pam is the one who has this gift of helps to work in the church. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 28, God has set some in the church to work in the church. First apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles and gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. On the road to Damascus, Jesus revealed himself to the apostle Paul from heaven. And Paul was instantly changed forever. That is the example for us on being born again. Acts 9, verses 1 and 2. And Saul, later named Paul, 
yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way of Jesus, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven, and he fell to the ground, and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. With this call of Jesus, Paul's life was changed completely instantly. But the other men who traveled with Paul heard this same voice and were not changed. After I was born again, I went to Albuquerque, New Mexico to buy merchandise for my shop in Dallas, Texas. As the plane landed, as the wheels of the plane touched down on the runway, I heard these words from the Holy Spirit, Be baptized. My cousin, who was Church of Christ, was meeting me at the plane to take me out to buy the merchandise for my shop. As we drove along, I said, Jean, if you can set it up this afternoon, I'll be baptized. She said, but you've already been baptized. And I said, yes, but I wasn't born again at that time. And now I am, and I hear, be baptized. She thought about it, and she said, well, okay. As we drove along the road, I talked to her constantly about God, about things God had done in my life. She listened, and then she said, Well, I believe you are a Christian. I just don't see how you can be. I simply laughed. I knew she didn't understand about being born again. She had been taken to church from the time she was a baby. But she didn't understand about being born again. That's like this situation with Paul. The men that were traveling with him were not changed by the voice from heaven, but Paul was instantly changed. When I went to that Church of Christ building that afternoon in Albuquerque, New Mexico, to be baptized. I was surprised because there were about 15 of my relatives sitting there. The minister said, would you like to say anything? And I said, well, I guess so. And I just told them how I'd been baptized when I was 15 years old, but now I'm born again. And as the plane landed that morning at the airport in Albuquerque, I heard from God by his spirit be baptized. I looked out into the room, and my uncle was crying. After I was baptized, 
my uncle came to me and said, I've never heard anything like that which you spoke today. Could you write that out for me and send it to me? And I said, well, yeah, I guess so. So I wrote it out and sent it to him. It was years before I realized that uncle was born again at the time I spoke at that Church of Christ building to that group of relatives. His eyes were opened by God. God chose that exact moment to allow him to see truth of God as I spoke. No one else in the room except one person showed evidence of being born again. My cousin's wife was shaking her head up and down as I spoke, and she had a big grin on her face, and I knew she understood what I was saying. Later, I learned that my aunt had been taken into heaven once, as I had been taken into heaven, and therefore she was born again. It is God speaking to us individually, as he wills, at the time he wills, that we have our eyes opened by God and see things of God are born again and changed. It is the same as Paul. Different methods, maybe, but it's the same thing as Paul. This light came around him, and he and all the men fell to the ground, but he heard the voice of God from heaven. The call of God was on the life of Paul. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? He was instantly changed. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. In Acts 26, Paul is telling this to King Agrippa, and there is more information concerning what he heard from Jesus at that time. Jesus said to Paul, But rise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness both of these things which thou hast seen and of those things in the which I will appear unto thee delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles and to whom I now send thee to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Then Paul says to King Agrippa, Wherefore, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision. From heaven, Jesus set up the New Testament church. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 8, Wherefore he saith, When he, Jesus, ascended up on high, he led captivity captive, and gave gifts unto men. Verses 11, 12, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, 
for the edifying of the body of Christ. You don't just decide you want to be a minister. That has to be put in your heart by God, and you have to be called by Jesus, and you're trained by Jesus, and you are equipped by Jesus for the work of the ministry. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, those are the five areas of the work of the ministry. And each one of those callings are different one from the other. A woman years ago at a church that I was attending came to me and said to me, I want to do what you do. I was really surprised in that. And I said, you do? It never occurred to me that anybody wanted to do these things of the ministry as I had been called to do. But everything is by the will of God, not by the will of man. We are born again when God chooses to reveal himself to us. And when we are set in one of the ministries, it is because Jesus called us and chose us to do this and equipped us and showed us exactly how to do this. Thank you for allowing me to share this with you today.